We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. He's been gone. I don't know. Is that right? And we're back. Hello. <laughs> Kyle, you have to. No, Wait, no, I know. What was the rule on no. that? No, we were supposed to look that up, weren't we? Yes, we I were. I was supposed to look that up. Let me look that up real quick. Dude, I'm totally going to look. Oh, I can't look it up because I'd have to freaking listen to the podcast. Yeah. I still got to look that up. You what could probably up? assume by which, what the podcast is about. Oh, what we could we could assume. Let's all right, let's assume real quick. Before anybody brings anybody in, let's assume real quick. Yeah. What's, what are we assuming? Uh, uh, who, who brought who, in more podcasts okay. than the other, like... Okay, hey, welcome so, to the podcast. Unicorn crap. Uh, I made you bring that one in. I brought that one guess. in. Yeah. All right, so that's that's one for you. That's one for me. Um, this is gonna be a long process. Make hunting fun again. I'm pretty sure I brought us in on I that. I think one. you brought that yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, you have chosen poorly. I think that was me. Who do who who do we have on that podcast? It was, it was just me and you, right? It was just me and you. Yeah, I totally brought that in. Did you? Yeah. I only make you bring it in when we have a guest that you bring on. Uh, turkey tips. Totally you. Yep. Uh, hunt fish 30 by 30. That one was you. Yep. Uh, mountain archery fest. I did that one. You did that one. Uh, light and fluffy. That was I, me. Uh, you made me do that one. Did I make you do that yeah. one? Yeah. So we needed a light and fluffy. Okay. Uh, give it a once over. I, I think I'm getting my ass kicked here, so. No, you're not. We're pretty even. Oh, okay. So, so light and, okay. Give it a once over. I don't even remember what that one was about. I can't either. Let me read the let me read the descriptions. This is how we're going to start our podcast from yeah. now on, right? <laughs> podcast is a little late, and we hope to start next season with a podcast. The proclamation. Oh, give it a once yeah. over. Yeah, you brought totally that me. one in. Totally yeah. me. So yeah. we're even. All right, so we're even. So we're going to go off the next one. Yeah. Um. End with a big win. Totally me. Totally you. All right, bring us in, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you bring us in. <laughs> What do you all want to talk about? Because we could go all the way back. <laughs> right, we could keep going. Um, so we're, we're back uh, with another podcast, and we have we Dodo. On? Yeah, we're, we're on. on. We're, we're live? Totally. Yeah, we're live. No live. way. Yeah. Well, not, live. <laughs> not, not, not live. Not live. I mean, it's We're not, recording. Yeah, we're recording. Okay. You know, people are listening to it think we're live. But Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, we got Dodo back. Dodo. The, the third Not a Grande boy. Yeah. I still hate. <laughs> Why do you hate that? I don't know. It just sounds... You hate it because Annie hates it. No. No, I just don't like how it sounds. <laughs> what? Not a grande, boys. Why? I don't know. It's it like, sounds it's, like we're, it sounds like we're in a, like a boy band or something. It's literally <laughs> on the cup that you're about to put to your mouth. Not a grande outdoors, not not a grande oh, boys. Okay. Dude, learn to read. Jeez. I went school in two of the rest of the <laughs> Read the <laughs> room. <laughs> Come on, read the room, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, anyway, Dodo. Hello. Um, and uh, the unofficial third member of the Not Grand Outdoors right. podcast. Uh, he's, pretty, he's pretty official. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, so I think a lot of the 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 podcasts that we've done in the past have been about um, 
Moms. Political crap, right? No, that's just... No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's the jokes Sorry, that's that we uh, make, Dean. Those are not the topics of the podcast. Well, no, I mean, yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, uh, um, and one of those topics is private land. Yes. Right. And um, hunting on private land and the benefits that it brings, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today. So recently, Dedon went on a safari trip in Africa. Africa. <laughs> Did you see a freaking elephant? <laughs> I did not see any elephants. No. All, all of the things that you would think about Africa yeah. don't exist. No hippos, no lions, no Cape buffaloes. Nothing scary. Scary. A little bit in Johannesburg, a little bit scary, but nothing scary. Yeah. But anyway, so... Um, so South Africa. South. Very South. Very South. So you... But anyway, I mean, it kind of ties, you know, because that's uh, a lot of people call that sport hunting or trophy hunting Mm -hmm. and frown upon it, Um, particularly when somebody shoots a lion and puts it on social media and then it becomes a shit show. Damn. Mainly when it's five minutes in, we're already explicit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's all right. Last podcast, you said shit. I did. Lions. But it's conservation. Yeah, you it, know. it so, is. So it ties. And we're, we're not going to talk about the political aspect of it. But we are going to talk about your safari and how cool it was. Uh, absolutely amazing. Um, trip of a lifetime. I, I really wasn't sure that I could do it um, financially because it's, it's a lot. I, I wasn't sure that you could make the but, shot. Oh. <laughs> no, he's good from I'm, a distance. He's really, good from a distance. Oh, so, so you, you could be outside you, at like 10 didn't, yards and yeah, I'm solid. Nothing, nothing inside 10 yards there? So, no, no, no. Every, Not every, unless they walk up so. to the truck. So. <laughs> that's good. That's, good. That's, good. That's, that's what we can call him from now on. Instead of 10-second Tom, it's 10-yard it's ten, ten ten Tom. 10-yard Tom. 10-yard Two. I watched you miss two that close. Yes, you did. That that happened in real life. Yeah, I can't even deny I it. I no, you can't. And I'm no. sure you've, this is the first time you've talked about it. No. No. We've <laughs> not. We haven't talked about it in a couple of years, though. Uh, no. I think we talk about it every yeah, year. I'm well, pretty sure that that comes every back. Year. Yeah. Pr- pretty much every time but Dedon's on the podcast, it, I'm sure. It, we... it, it, it was pretty pers- pervasive in our first season. We talked yeah. about it quite yeah. a bit. And then we... You know, we haven't talked about it. So in a while. this one time I went to Africa, and that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah. no, no ten years. <laughs> no, it was uh, that that trip was was absolutely amazing. Um, it all in all, I don't want to say that it was inexpensive hunt, but it was what I thought Africa was going to be. That it was going to be the fifty thousand dollar hunt. It wasn't. Um, kind of booked it a la carte. Um, did a lot of research over a couple of years. We were supposed to go two years ago. I went with a buddy and his dad. And, uh, you know, from a conservation aspect, um, I really wasn't sure what what to expect. So we flew from El Paso to O'Hare, and that was a four-hour flight. Uh, We had a very short layover in O'Hare. We got on a plane and flew from O'Hare, Chicago, to Doha, uh, Qatar, and I was like, I don't even. Hey, know we have solicitors in Qatar, we dude. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we well, do. At least I think we had one. I don't know if we do anymore. So, yeah, it's still on our thing, is it? Yeah, totally. Oh, nice. So I'm look I, it up while Dion is talking. 
I, I didn't even know where Qatar was. So I pulled it up. It's right in the middle of the Persian Gulf. I was the like, Middle East somewhere. Yeah, it's like like all of the bad stuff. That's where we flew to. Yep. But Qatar is... That's why the plane tickets were cheap. Qatar. Yeah. Yeah? One? Totally. Well, it just says less than 1%. Oh, sweet. <laughs> but it's above Saudi Arabia. We have less than 1% of our listeners in yeah. Qatar. And nice. India and New Zealand. And it, that's a word I can't say. Did you booty? <laughs> it is not. It is. That is my favorite listener. We should. You should yeah. send him like some stuff, right? Did you booty? Did you booty? That's what it says. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, listeners in. Did you booty? <laughs> favorite listener. <laughs> bar, bar bar none. I will give you my email address. Email me. Yes, and I will send you something epically cool. Yes. That's, That's probably pretty. illegal in the country that you live in. <laughs> my, guess, my guess is that's military. Probably. Yeah. But that's still cool. So, that ab- cool. Absolutely. So I didn't know where Qatar was. So we, it is literally a peninsula that sticks out into the Persian Gulf. I was like, oh, crap. We're going through some bad stuff. So landed there 14 hours from O'Hare to Qatar. We had a nine-hour layover in Qatar. Qatar is absolutely the nicest airport I've ever been in in the entire world. It was unbelievably beautiful. You can buy all the way up through and including a Lamborghini duty-free in the airport. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you got a couple million dollars just throw around. Just throw it around. You know. Going on an African safari. Just throw in a Lamborghini. (laughs) So um, nine-hour layover there, uh, nine-hour flight to Johannesburg. We rented a car in Johannesburg. And, Did you get a Lamborghini? Uh, no. Loser. We we had <laughs> what they called a sports utility vehicle, but it was a van. Oh, yeah? So some things, if you go to South Africa and you decide to drive, which we did, we, we landed in Johannesburg. Uh, we paid a, a guy. His name is Mr. X, which I thought was kind of funny. I was like, that sounds really, but you can't pronounce his name. So they just call him Mr. X. But he... Got us through customs. He got all of our stuff done. We stayed a night in Johannesburg. Got up the next morning. Drove nine hours to the ranch. So Johannesburg is on the east side of the country. And we drove to the west side of the country. So we were just north of a a place called uh, Craddock. And um, easy drive. The roads were amazing. They're better than our New Mexico roads. That's not hard to do. I know that that doesn't take a lot. I'm going to say but um, drive across low country. Bar. <laughs> it's a very low bar. Okay, well, thank let, you, Michelle. Let, let's stop right there. Okay. Oh, it's been happening long before her. <laughs> right. Um, talk about you took your own rifle. Uh, so we took the three of us took one rifle, and we decided on a three like one rifle to share. One rifle to share. Oh and, wow. Um, that that was interesting. We took a Remington seven hundred three hundred eight. And I have the same well, rifle. I thought you hated a 708. Or 308. Why did I say 708? I, ha- I hate Remington 700. 700. And I hate 308. But after coming back from Africa, I have changed my mo- mind about the Remington 700 and the 308 round. I've been telling you that for years, too. Um, One of these days you're going to learn to listen to me. I was not going to bring that up, and I'm glad that you brought it up because I wasn't going to tell you that I used a 308 because... <laughs> Least favorite caliber in the world. 
So, um, uh, shot it suppressed and, uh, super easy. We did the paperwork. We really took one gun because, uh, we're like, if we lose one, it's a room to 700. We really don't care about it. So, <laughs> and it's a 308. Nobody yeah, likes that if, gun. What if you lost that gun? Well, they have, they have guns over there that you can rent. rent. Yeah. Okay. So, um, most popular calibers. I asked the guide over there. Um, asked him, and he said, uh, "Professional his, hunter." His name, yes, professional hunter. Not guide. Professional his name hunter. is Lalase, and Lalase is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And so, Lalase used a three hundred eight. Um, we'll come back to that. <laughs> so, um, I asked him. I said, "What's what's the mo- once we get over there?" So, what's the most co- popular caliber? And he said, Remington, th- uh, uh, I'm sorry, 300 Win Mag, 7mm, 30-06. And I was like, okay, well, we're a little short of that. We're shooting 308. And he's like, I've never hunted with anybody that shoots 308, so we're going to see how this goes. And I was like, all right. So, um, anyways, uh, did all the ballistics over here. Um, I have the same gun. My buddy took his gun. Did all the paperwork on the gun. Um, and and how, how easy was that doing all the paperwork and getting the gun out of the country back in? All not, that stuff? not, not, easy. not terrible at all. Yeah. Um, I, I promise you everything that you think about Africa, it's not at the process of going through it is not, it was so safe going into Johannesburg and driving. I would take my 10 and 12 year old with me. It absolutely no part of it that I feel well. And, and that, so the other thing to, to, to remember is that, I mean, like, Mr. X, they have people that yeah do that process. Yes, he was. So uh, one of the guys told me Mr. X was the the equivalent of a of a military general at the airport. He's the guy that makes it happen. Yeah, and uh, he's been doing it for twenty years. Customs knows him. You know, he knows customs. He knows the process, and it was a minimal charge. I, I want to say is. 150, 200 bucks. I mean, it very minimal charge. And he helps you get the gun permits through Africa, helps you get your firearm through Africa, and then you go stay at this place. And uh, the place that we stayed at was called the Afton House. Um, nice place. They fed us. Uh, great place. Um, gated community, very, very secure in Johannesburg. Stayed there for a night. We were exhausted after up and down and travel and time change and everything. Uh, jet lag is a real thing, and it absolutely killed us, killed us all. So, um, anyways, got up the next day and, and took off. I did not do so good with jet lag, and I know you guys won't believe this, but I slept for nine hours when we left <laughs> Johannesburg in the back of the car. <laughs> the I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I've never seen you sleep in the back of the truck. Crazy. <laughs> So uh, we, we get to the ranch, and the craziest thing about Africa that, that I found is it is the, the country, every bit of it, from the time we left Johannesburg to the time we got back to Johannesburg, everything about it is New Mexico. The country looks the same. They have the same plants, the same weeds. the same. It is exactly the same. It looks like the Hondo Valley. It looks like Alamogordo. It looks like Corona. It looks like that country. Hmm. And uh, so 
I got over there and I, I kept taking pictures. I'm like, I can't believe how similar this is. So something that was kind of crazy while we were while we were driving there, there's huge swarms of locusts, and they said that they haven't happened. Uh, the last time it happened was 40 years ago. So the life cycle of locusts is 40 years, and there were absolutely billions of them. I mean, unreal. So I took videos of it because even the people from over there were going, "Oh my God, this is crazy." They were there for a couple of days and then they were gone. So, but. Hmm. Uh, whenever they flew over, I mean, it sounded like a helicopter. There was so much noise from from the locust. Hmm. Looked like a smoke trail in the air. There were so many of them. But uh, we we saw that on the way to the to the ranch. We saw ostriches and zebras and lots and lots of. Uh, they have springbok. Springbok is the equivalent of of our antelope. They're everywhere, and they're kind of stupid. I mean, <laughs> so. Um, but just just an incredible drive. There's baboons literally sitting on the sides of the road, uh, warthogs out in the field. So, I mean, kind of a cool drive in. How would you know you slept the whole way? Well, I mean, <laughs> the, the few parts that I was awake, I was like, oh, look, there's something new. And then I go back to sleep. So uh, we get to the ranch. Uh, the ranch house is, would be a not a – so the guy that we hunted with, his name's Richard Holmes. Um Great place. Um, had a couple of little cottages. We were the only hunters there. Um, and crashed out. They fed us dinner that night. And we woke up the next morning bright and early. Even I woke up bright and early because I was didn't really sleep because I slept the whole way there. Um, now, how, they've been pretty hard hit by the COVID. And that industry has been pretty hard hit down there, hasn't it? Yes. So... Um, they, they've been very hardly hit. Uh, when we were going down there, the, the COVID test was a big deal. You had to test 72 hours before you left the United States. And so I tested like 70 hours before we left the United States. Uh, first thing I did is I tested 10 days out. I was like, well, <laughs> maybe, you know, if I, if I tested positive, then by the time I flew, I would have been through my quarantine t- time. Yeah. So then I tested three days before, or 70 hours before we, before we took off. Um, when we landed in Johannesburg, customs there said, uh, hey, your COVID test is expired. I was like, because it took us, I think, 36 hours to get there on the clock because yeah. of the time, travel, the time difference and everything. Um, it was, I think, probably 26 literal hours if you counted it by our clock. They're nine hours different than here. So the guy at customs said, hey, your COVID test is no good. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? And, uh, you know, that's where Mr. X came in. He's like, hey, time out. He tested before he left the United States. It's fine. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I think if I was having to argue that battle for myself, it wouldn't have went as easy as Mr. X arguing <laughs> that battle for, for me. So, uh, anyways, right through customs and, and on. So, uh, we got to the ranch. They fed us well that night, and uh, we started hunting the next morning. Um, we we took a drive. Uh, the amount of animals over there is unbelievably staggering. So from a, and that was kind of my first thought was uh, the the reason that we book, booked with Richard was 
I really had some hard feelings about going to Africa and shooting things and something not happening with meat. And Richard advertised very publicly, like, hey, this goes to feed the hungry. And I was like, wait, this makes me interested because if I'm going over to shoot animals and I know that there's an end process for the meat, I feel better about that. Because I would never hunt there because if, I if If I'm not mistaken, like, the meat can't leave the, the country, right? The, the meat cannot leave the country. It can't, can't pass USDA, just like if you hunt in Canada, can't come back into the United States. So, um, but I'd heard horror stories of people throwing out meat and it just being, you know, gone to waste. And I'm like, I refuse to go to Africa and do that. So, this was like, he advertised very upfront, hey, this meat goes to feed the hungry. So, once we got there, it's a little bit different. So, um, it does the meat in Africa from almost anybody goes to feed the hungry. Richard's just the only one that says that, mm. or the only one that I found that said that. Um, what they do is they all African game meat is called bush meat, and it doesn't matter if it comes from a zebra or a lion or a hippo, it's all considered bush meat, and they sell that meat back to the packer. And the packer comes around and, and packs up the meat. So the bush meat, uh, and just say, I don't, I don't know what the equivalent is, but say if beef is $5 a pound, bush meat would be a dollar a pound. So it doesn't necessarily go to feed the hungry like you and I think about it. Like, but hey, it's, here's a, it's a, a more affordable and, option yes. for the populace. So for for the lower income people, they can go and buy bush meat. So even I didn't realize it until I got there, but even with that, I was like, I'm still okay with that. Yeah. Um, you know, just their way of wording it and the way we understand it are two different things, but, um, two different systems. Yeah. Conservation. Yeah. yeah. Really. And so the first morning we went out, um, I bet at any point on any day, if I just had an unlimited checkbook and an unlimited amount of ammunition, um, I could have killed a thousand animals a day. There's that many animals over there. And so what they do is they do like a co-op of 10 ranches, 10 huge ranches, take 10 New Mexico sized ranches, put them together, form a place as big as Bermejo or a place like that. That's just gigantic. And those are co-op animals. So if you want to go hunt uh, Impala, we had to go to a different ranch in that co-op that had Impala on kind of in his area. Maybe on one or two or three of those ranches, but over in this area is where you go hunt Impala. So, um, anyways, let me go back. The first morning we went out, we went after uh, Oryx. One of the guys here from New Mexico has shot New Mexico Oryx, and he thought, Man, how cool is that? I want to shoot an African Oryx. So, Gimsbuck. Um, so, we went over there. We found a herd within, I don't know, 30 minutes. And the herd was 100 animals. Yeah. Probably. Uh, not quite as skittish as they are in New Mexico because they're very concerned about con- uh, conservation, too, that they don't overshoot. So... Overshooting one makes the animal scared of you, <laughs> but um, they really do a good, good job with that within that co-op to manage their own herds on their place. 
um, something that I was just staggered about that that's how that they went about it. They manage the own, their own animals. There's not a, a game conservation unit that, that manages animals for them. Um, so anyways, we, we see this herd, um, stocked in, um, they're the biggest spiders you guys have ever seen. Oh my God. And <laughs> their webs, like the first one I walked into, it's the equivalent of like 10 pound test wire. Like if you hit it, it will not, it'll hold you back. It's <laughs> crazy how like these are big spiders. Um, maybe as big as a silver dollar. I mean, big spiders and they're in the trees and they're everywhere. So I know how much you guys love spiders. Yeah, I don't like spiders. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, we, no, we make a stock and I'm one. like, holy crap. So I'm taking pictures of spiders. But um, kind of getting back to the vegetation and everything being like New Mexico, they have just just about every weed. But over there they have a tree that's called acacia. Mm-hmm. And um, if I handed you the the leaf off of it you would tell it tell me it's mesquite if i handed you a piece of wood you would tell me it's mesquite it is the bean on it, it grows a bean just like over here except instead of having one inch thorns like mesquite does They're like three this inch has thorns. like yeah six inch thorns <laughs> i mean it's crazy i was like oh my god um so uh, and, and acacia is everywhere so um there's monkeys and baboons and things running around. You're like, well, that's, that's kind of cool. You know, you're, you're seeing some stuff, but it's, it's literally like hunting in this country in New Mexico specifically, not, not anywhere else, but specifically New Mexico, Southern New Mexico. So, um, we averaged all of the shots. We shot, I don't remember, 18, 19, 20 animals, but bunch of animals. Um, average shot was 300 yards. Um, you know, probably a mile stock would probably be average. It it was, I really going over there, I I thought it was going to be like Texas hunting. Hey, we're going to drive around until we see one and you get out of the truck and you shoot one off the tailgate. And it's absolutely not like that at all. It's, it was very wild, very, um, very untamed, um, uh, zebra was was an animal that was on my list, and I really had some reservation about shooting a zebra. I'm like, I don't know, that's that's a horse. It's like shooting yeah. a donkey, yeah, shooting it, a cow, it, shooting a horse. Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel good about it. So um, let's see, we we shot uh, black wildebeest uh, next. Um, black wildebeest or well, no. So come back. You're okay. talking about the zebra. Yeah, yeah. Zebra. You had reservations about it. I well, did. So what was different? What? What? I mean, you, so, I'm assuming you did. Uh, absolutely, I was in Africa. Um, uh, so, so ultimately, we shot some other animals, and I, uh, I think it was the second day I shot shot a zebra. And uh, talk, again, talking to Lalase, um, he's telling me about zebra and, and how destructive they are. They're they're big animals. I, I'm in my mind. I'm picturing like what we see here is a as a show zebra, you know, something that you see in the zoo. And these are not like that. Um, guessing my zebra probably weighed thousand pounds and was probably fourteen, thirteen hands, fourteen hands tall. I can imagine. I can imagine they're 
they're as destructive as like feral horses. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but then, you, so the herd that we were in was probably a hundred eighty, and we saw eight herds that big that morning. I mean, they're everywhere. And uh, Lala said the night before, I told him I was like, man, I'm I'm having reservations about this. Like, I don't know if I can shoot a horse. And, you know, we're talking and he's like, yeah, he said, you know, a lot of people have that reservation, but he said, there's so many zebras over here and they're so destructive. They indiscretionally shoot them out of helicopters just to keep the population down. Hmm. And I was like, really? He said, yeah. He's like, farmers hate them. They're, they're everywhere. And I was like, well, that changes the game a little bit. And I don't have, and that's how I, I equated it to the wild horses in New Mexico tearing up property you know and and so he said you know man if you don't shoot them somebody else is going to or we're going to shoot them and let them lay out of helicopters just to control the population and i'm like wow that all right i feel good about this my money's going to conservation anyways i'm good so shot a zebra um something else that i'll have to show you guys they they gut in a completely different way than anything i've ever seen gutted and I love it. After I saw them gut animals, so I get off topic because I get really excited about this. So I asked Lala, say, as we're driving out there, I said, do you guys eat zebra? And he said, you know, until just a few years ago, nobody ate zebra. And he said, we had an executive chef out here. And the the chef said, you have to cut the yellow fat off of them to, to, to eat them, and then they're fine. And he said, you got to get rid of the the yellow fat. I'm like, what yellow fat? And he said, well, you'll see. But he said, they have a layer of fat around their intestines, around their muscles, between their skin and their muscle. And he said, it's yellow. And it is the color and the consistency uh, maybe a little heavier than Velveeta cheese. It's that mm-hmm. color. It's the strangest fat I've ever seen. So um, he said, yeah, you carve that off of there and, and it's completely fine. So um, we sneak in. We probably went about two miles to get my zebra. Um, very, very smart. They're very elusive. They have really good eyesight. They have really good hearing. And they know what's up. So we got in them. They got away from us. Um, anyways, ended up getting mine. He was right on, uh, right at 300. Pulled the trigger ran about 30 yards, buckled up. Uh, so we go over there, and I was like, oh, my God, this thing is so much bigger than I thought, and they start gutting it. So started telling me about how they gut things. So they start right at the bottom of the diaphragm, mm-hmm. and they cut down to right beside... Twig and giggle berries. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> right, right, right down next to the berries. And uh, they just go underneath the skin and kind of make a small incision then get below that membrane and then skin down or gut down to, to next to their boys. And they reach in and they pinch off everything that goes through the diaphragm and they just pinch it off and pull it away. And then they put their hand down inside the pelvis cavity, the, the hole in the pelvis and grab everything that they can and they pull. They pull everything. And then all of the guts roll out and so I timed the guy from the time he pulled out his knife, and he didn't know I was timing him. From the time he pulled out his knife to the time we were ready to load the animal into the truck was 2 minutes and 30 seconds. 
And I was like, what? This is completely interesting to me. So Without cutting anything away. Without cutting anything away. Completely done by hand. He makes the only incision, you know, and that zebra was probably, I don't know, 24 inches. Um, pulls out the guts. And so I stopped him there. And I'm like, time out. Explain that to me. That That's different. We, you know, cut up through the breastbone or reach inside, cut out the diaphragm. And he said, no. He said, if, if they're heart shot or lung shot, uh, a good shot, he said, it leaves all the blood in the chest cavity. So he said, look at this animal. And there was probably less than less than two cups of blood in the the abdominal cavity because there's no blood. Yeah. It's all in the chest with the lungs and the heart. And the diaphragm holds it all in. And he said that the the blood up there will keep the heart and the lungs moist. And we loaded the animals right there. They don't get a lot of dirt and stuff inside of them. And we took him back to the house. So they leave everything from the diaphragm up. Yep, diaphragm up. Esophagus, heart, lungs, everything north of the diaphragm, they leave in them. So, I, you know, I, I was blown away. I was like, time out. And the yellow fat's really strange. I'll show you guys a picture of it. It's crazy. But how far were you from the house? Um, 20 miles. So that's going to be the difference is it's going to be a quick turnaround. Well, so... So we we hunted over there. Their 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 hunting season is April, May, June, July, and a little bit of August. So they're reverse seasons. Their cold months are July, June and July, um, and their hot months are December, January. So we were at the start of be like our fall here. It was temperatures were thirty five in the morning. And they got up to about eighty during the afternoon. So uh, similar to hunting here in in the fall. Um, just like here, it can be 80 or it can be 30. So you kind of have, have to prepare for both extremes. Um, they, they told us take two changes of clothes and that's it. They washed our clothes every day. Um, they, they have, uh, uh, gators. We took gators, uh, Kuyu gators, go around your boots to keep the seeds from going in your boots. Anybody that goes to Africa, that is absolutely a must. You, you need some bell boots on your feet because you're going to get seeds in your socks. Um, they have some stuff over there that's dark grass, just like what we have here. And it it's dark grass, but it's way more aggressive. It, it hates things. <laughs> uh, my buddy took a brand new pair of uh, Merrill shoes over there, and they did not make one Africa. They did not make eight days in the bush. They absolutely fell apart. Hmm. So, um, Anyways... Anyways, so yeah, my kind of my point was like, yeah, I'd definitely be interested in seeing that method. But if you're gonna have to pack something out, you're gonna have to remove yes, the so blood and stuff out. So everything over there was close enough that we could drive to right. Um, so they they have a Toyota type vehicle, and um, yeah, we we drove over to it. We loaded it up. I'm gonna show you guys this just because. I'm right here. That's the yellow fat. Yep. Yummy. Ew. Ew. <laughs> a zebra's got more guts than anything. Like, I thought Oryx had a bunch of guts. Mm-mm. Zebra's got tons of guts. So, anyways, back back to the gutting. They, they take them back to the house. Um, the, the blood preserves the lungs and the heart. And those items, the, the help is allowed to have. 
The other thing that surprised me is they took the stomach out of everything and made what we call menudo. Mm-hmm. It's they seize it. It tastes exactly the same. Um, or or three bus. They they take and they fry them, or they make them into a soup. They clean them the same way, but they didn't take the stomach out of the zebra, which I thought was weird. They took them out of everything else, but not the zebra, and I didn't ask why. But um, so yeah, they we got stuff. Take it twenty miles back, but uh, anyways, the blood keeps in the top cavity, keeps everything moist. And then that way the help can take the, the lung and the hearts if, if they want them. My guess would be the reason they didn't do the, the zebra is because it's monogastric. I, I think so. Not so, multi-stomach. Correct. Yeah. So that that's what I figured. Um, but, oh, my God, the guts that come out of a <laughs> zebra. There, there's a bunch. Um, so uh, we, we shot, um, I, I think I shot... 10 animals or somewhere thereabouts. Um, the, they have, they're the African equivalent in the bottoms down by the rivers of stinging nettle, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's like sting nettle with goat heads attached to it. It's some really ugly, nasty stuff. <laughs> um, but the, the, the entire experience was just something else. And it, you know, I, I spent, I'm okay with even saying that. Um, I bought, I think it was 13 animals what I bought, and it was like $7,200. So not crazy expensive. Cost me another couple of grand to get them back here to the United States. So with airfare, flights were like 1000 bucks. Like everything, getting them back here to the United States, it was under ten grand for 13 animals. So pretty respectable, I, I thought. So if you look at it from the equivalent of hunting in Texas or anything like that, buying a lease somewhere, buying a trophy bull hunt in New Mexico, it's doable if you do your research and, and spend your time and, and uh, know, know what you're doing. Africans drive on the wrong side of the road, just so you know, if you pull out of the airport, <laughs> um, be prepared to scream. But <laughs> um, but uh, I, I shot a hartebeest over there. I, I wasn't Really interested in shooting a hartebeest. Strangest looking animal in Africa. Um, second fastest animal in Africa behind the cheetah. Um, they have little bitty back ends. They have huge front ends. Uh, they look like something out of Star Wars. But red hartebeest, very strange animal. Um, I shot black. Bu- uh, I'm sorry, I shot black wildebeest. Uh, shot kudu. Shot red lechwe. Um, Shot Impala, Springbok. Um, we found some turtles over there that were the size of this table. Um, <laughs> uh, so just, just unbelievable. Just all of the stuff that you see. Uh, I, I think that there's 21 different species of wild cats, um, and there's there's different slams that you can do. So there's a cat slam, just like we have a turkey slam here. There's a cat slam there. There's a they call them tiny tin that are the dikers and the yeah. uh, all all these little bitty little deer bitty that antelope. are yeah they're that are antelope I guess not deer um, the only animal that they have over there that's actually a deer that the horns fall off of um, is uh, fallow deer and yeah. they accidentally occurred there there was a, a bunch of them I believe it was around 
Cape Town and a zoo, and somebody left the gate open, and now there's <laughs> now they got fellow now deer. they got fallow deer. <laughs> but uh, uh, the the people that we hunted with, uh, just the entire experience, the everybody was so welcoming and warm and friendly and and just appreciative of our business because uh, being down there because they've been hit so hard with COVID and uh, you know New Mexico's 800 times more strict or crazy about COVID than than South Africa was and South Africa's got the the new variant or whatever the the second strain nobody even it, it was required to fly but after that is kind of like the way Texas is, you know, like you can wear a mask or you can not wear a mask or South Dakota is like, we don't care. We're not going to judge you if you do or if you don't. But um, there there was nothing over there that felt like this was a world ending pan- pandemic. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> quiet over there, right? I'm just listening, man. It's Dedon's story. Huh? I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the the food we ate every night that we hunted we we ate meat that we had harvested that day. Um, Did you kill a monkey? So Richard's wife has a connection to cats and monkeys. Oh, so you don't kill cats? We don't, we don't kill cats and monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the scariest things over there was baboons. Um, so I thought a baboon was like forty pounds. Mm-mm. They're like 200 pounds, and they really don't like you being there. So 150, 200 pounds. They're, they're big animals. And so when, when Jimmy was hunting his, his uh, kudu, uh, he had shot one up on the side of a hill. And the brush is really, really thick. They have the equivalent of, of yucca and century plants. They're, they're the exact same thing. And uh, amongst acacia and... Uh, so he shoots one up on the side of this god-awful hill. So we're fighting all of the bad rocks and stuff. And the, the baboons are, they run out at like 600 yards. And they run 300 yards, something like that. And they run up to the highest point, And they pick up boulders that are, oh, I don't know, the size of basketballs. And throw them into the canyons. They're not throwing them at you. They're throwing them in the canyons to make noise. And they scream. And I promise you, that scream, like, the first night, I could hear it in my sleep. Pretty it's, sure we heard it over on the golf course. Right? Here. We did. We did. You yeah. brought home one home with you, apparently. Uh, there's some pretty wicked stuff going on over there when we was coming in. Really? Yeah. Huh. What that was? I don't know. Baboon? It sounded like a croc coming out of the golf course <laughs> pond taking a baboon. It, uh, uh, the, those baboons, uh, you should look up the sounds, you know, on YouTube or something. They're... It is an unsettling sound, and they are not happy with you. <clears throat> and it echoes down the canyons, and it's awesome. So, uh, but the, the food was fantastic. Um, the flight back back was no big deal. Flew into DFW on the way back. Um, you could do it uh, much simpler than than we did. If you rented guns, uh, you can really fly pretty much direct out of Dallas all the way to. To Port Elizabeth, and then uh, they have a service that'll pick you up and, and take you if you don't have guns. Uh, there used to be a flight that went from uh, Johannesburg to Port Elizabeth, which would have put us a lot closer. 
but uh, they quit allowing firearms on their flights. So our option was, well, we can find another airline and hope that they do, or we could just drive it and make sure that we do. So, What was the reason for not renting guns? Is it just more money? Yeah. You know, a lot of it was ballistics and, and just being sure that we were... Um, so I don't remember what it was, 20 bucks a day, 50 bucks a day, whatever it was, to rent their guns. But I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. So uh, we, we kind of agreed that if we took one gun we're all familiar with, we all were, you know, um, and, and by the way, the 308 absolutely hammered everything that we shot over there. I told you. Um, the guide was more than appreciative that uh, we shot suppressed. Um, he he said most people don't, but he was like, thank God. He was like, most people will bring, you know, have a muzzle brake on the end of their gun. And he was like, that, that sucks for a guide because they're covering with one mm-hmm. hand and trying to watch with the other. Uh, shooting suppressed. Blast. Yeah, he, he was like, you know, that, he said most people don't do that, but he was very appreciative that we shot suppressed. Um, no big deal getting suppressors into the country bigger deal getting them back into this country uh you carry them as once they're you know once they're yours uh they're just checked item um you don't have to run them through with your checked gun and all of that stuff um we shot hornady eldx bullets and um i could not be more impressed with the bullet they stayed together completely we recovered, I think, eight of the rounds that didn't do, that didn't completely pass through, but were in the shoulder skin of, on the opposite side. Uh, even even through the big kudu and, and things like that, the zebra at 300 yards at 308 blew right through one one side, not the other. Um, so I, I couldn't say more about a round, um, but that 308 did absolutely everything that we needed it to do, and. You know, zebra's thousand pounds. I don't know the red hearted beast. Mine was probably eight hundred pounds. I mean, they're big animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, you know, kind of how we started this out. It's how it's did, how'd it do on the Gims buck? Because um, that's what that's the caliber he's looking to get for his Oryx hunt. So it did not pass through the Gims buck. It made it to the opposite shoulder. Okay, that's all but I care. It made made it through the shoulder. It didn't go through the shoulder. It was behind the shoulder. Oh. So, um, he was quartering, uh, away from us whenever he took the shot. So he slipped it behind the shoulder and it went through, didn't break any bone, but was in the skin on the other side. Hmm. Um, I think I've shot three or four orgs here in New Mexico on different broken horn depredation type hunts. And, uh, I, I can't believe how hardy those animals are. Mm-hmm. So if I chose a gun to take after an oryx, it would not be a 308. But after what I saw over there, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I've got a couple of guns. That wouldn't be my preferred gun to take. But obviously it'll do the work. I mean, I guess you can kill anything with a 20. You can kill an elephant with 22, I guess, bullets in the right place. So. <laughs> Um, all I'm not sure I'd try that. Yeah. <laughs> all of the things that I thought about Africa. So you started talking about lions. And so I didn't think you could bring lions back into the United States. They said, yeah, you actually can bring lions back in. I didn't know that. I thought that that was a big no-no now. He said, there's two kinds of lions. You can hunt wild lions. And he said, you need like 30 days. 
and it's a real hunt. He said, what you do is you run them down. He said, you just outwalk them. He said, at one point, you're going to cross them, and they're going to turn, and you kill them. He said, those, those lions that you hunt like that, you can bring back to the United States. I don't, that's not fact-checked, but that's what the guides down there were telling me, and the property owners. Um, the other thing that they said, that, they, that the ones that you can't, you can hunt a lion for 6000 bucks. And they put a lion, kind of like what they do in Texas, they, they take 600 acres, they put, it's got high fences on it, they put a lion in there, and you could go over there and shoot a lion, and jump up and down and beat on your chest that you killed the lion. But you can't bring those back into the United States. Huh. So, I wonder what the distinction is. I, I don't know. But they're, they're pin-raised animals. Yeah. So they're raised in a zoo, like Lion King's zoo kind of guy. Um, Tiger, uh, t- Tiger King. Tiger King. <laughs> um, ra- raised in a zoo like that. And then they just, once they're mature, they turn them out. And you can go over there and say, yep, there's a lion. You can go shoot them. But wild lion, you don't see unless you go to a preserve. Um, we didn't see any any Cape buffalo, but you can see those outside of a preserve. Hippo, they said very few of them in South Africa where we were at. Uh, you really have to get into the wetlands to find those. Um, you know, I in my mind I had uncivilized tribes of, of Africans. Um, Wallace, they said, no, all tribes in Africa are civilized. Um, everyone in Africa speaks fluently English. They're taught both English and Afrikaans in school. So everywhere we went, everyone was able to communicate with us 100%. Um, there's 12 dialects, 12 recognized dialects of uh, indigenous language in South Africa. And most people speak two or three dialects of that. Um, but getting around in English, uh, I, I went to Italy a couple of years ago, uh, not hunting, but uh, went there and it's not the same. Uh, Half the people there can't speak more than half can't speak English. Yeah, um, South Africa absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. Hmm. So, huh? Yeah. You got some shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just uh, I I couldn't say enough good things about it. It, it just it was a trip of a lifetime. Um, you you can do a, a much simpler hunt. You can spend, you know probably four grand and go over there and kill three animals and get them all the way back to the United States. I know, uh, like, at some of these shows, DSC, stuff like that, um, they do these these live auctions of, of safaris and things like that. Um, in fact, we were at the... Uh, anyways, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and you, you can get some really good deals, like five animals for 2300 bucks. Um, yeah. And then you know, you got to pay airfare and everything, but you can easily... Yeah, easily get get to Africa for somewhere around five to seven grand. Yeah, the uh, so back. so animals have to be uh, dipped and shipped. So they they have to dip them and they have to pass. Uh, they ship them to the United States and they have to pass uh, customs, customs and imports over here. And uh, your taxidermist picks them up and and then you're on the wait for like every other taxidermist for. Two years waiting. <laughs> waiting on your stuff to get back. As long as they don't steal it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not to mention somebody who stole a buffalo for me. And if you're wishing, if you're listening to this, uh, suck I hunt, eggs. I will hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, we were at uh, 
uh, Turkey Federation banquet yeah. uh, the other night, and I've been kind of kicking myself for this. I have one, been too. I, I, would, I the more I thought about it, I, I was like, I'm an idiot. A, there was an I'm Argentinian an big game hunt for black buck and boar and ram for three hunters, and it sold for a thousand dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, three hunters, three animals each. And it sold for a thousand bucks. We, we, we were kicking ourselves for that. I, I took my dad here to, to Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and uh, they had an African hunt that went for, you know, three grand or something like that. And I kept bidding on it. My dad's like, "You're going to get us both killed if you win if you win this." <laughs> but you know, in my head, I was thinking, you know, flights are going to be five grand. It's going to cost me ten grand to get stuff back. It's absolutely doable, mm-hmm. and just just for the experience of going to that, a completely different country. I know, I know who bought it, and I'm gonna I want to hit him up. I'm gonna say, hey, I'll buy that from you. Oh, because I think that would be cool. I I mean, yeah, I, I it's a it's a what was it ten thousand dollar hunt package? Yeah, for a thousand dollars. I I had a buddy of mine that went to Argentina and went and shot dove. They had one of those, they had one too. Of those too. He said that was a really financially bad decision. Yep. Because he bought the hunt for like a thousand bucks. Yep. And it was a dove and parakeet hunt. And because the parakeets are just as bad as the yep. dove are down there. So he went down there and they charge you by the box of ammunition. Mm-hmm. So they set you up with, they give you three shotguns and the guys just load them as fast as you can. And they set you next to a pallet of bullets and he came. He came back, and he had like a seven thousand dollars shotgun shell bill <laughs> on top of his on, on top of his six hundred dollar trip. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So. They had one of those too, and I looked at that. And I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have done it for the for the dove, but for, you know, for the other three animals, that price it. Man, you can't hunt them that cheap in Texas. Yeah, uh, you know, I had uh, the the kudu. I, I don't even mind. Saying that the kudu was, I don't remember, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks. It was one of the more expensive animals that I killed. But um, I contacted a buddy of mine that's that uh, has a place in Texas, and I said, you know, what's a what's a fifty inch kudu go for right now? And he said, if I can find you one, they're sixteen grand. That's where they start. Holy moly! <laughs> I mean, there's no comparison. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, except you don't have to go to Africa to do it. <laughs> well, you don't have to go to Africa, but you you, you must make a different pay, pay wage than I do if you're no. going to Texas to shoot up. No, a- I'm not, I'm not going to spend the sixteen thousand dollars anyway. I just I just don't want to go to Africa. It it's it's mind blowing. I, I would tell anybody anybody out there anywhere in the world go do it. It's it's not expensive. It's not like hunting Texas. It's it's absolutely a it's true hunting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm interested. I I think I'd like to go one of these days. Tell me, I'll go with you. Okay. I mean, we'll leave Rodney here I'll, again. I have to. I I just I'm not going. <laughs> I don't want to leave America. There's some cool things to shoot out there, though. Yeah. There's cool things to shoot here. There are. But there's, I'm running out of those things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, no, I, I, I mean it. It sounds amazing, and 
you know, the thought of going to a place like that and shooting a bunch of animals is really cool. But um, especially if we did, like, the three of us put something together and, and did it. You would go. To, you would go to Argentina, but you wouldn't go to Africa. I don't really want to go to Argentina. I don't want to leave America. Well, it's I, South I'm, America. I'm. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I would yeah. agree with you, but then we would both be wrong. Yeah. No. No, I'm. I'm. You know, like, I, there's other things that I can do. I mean, I'd really go Canada and shoot a moose. I, I'd do that. Oh, it's leaving America. Yeah, but I would do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know. Sounds like somebody needs a globe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I don't want to leave this continent. <laughs> okay. We'll go with that. Um, that continent's yeah. connected. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, I just, yeah. Um no, I was interested in the Argentina hunt. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I, I have reservations about leaving this country. You know why. I just don't want to leave this country. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a dick. Somebody's going to say something about America. I'm going to slap them, and then how am I going to get back? Oh, yeah, but he <laughs> said everybody was hey, so nice down there. Hey, i got to tell you about but that. But I'm a dick. <laughs> no, check this out. Yeah, but can not the people can, who are nice to can you. Can we talk about politics without getting in trouble? Um. Yeah, yeah, it's our podcast. I mean, yeah, okay. it's our podcast. Okay. So if we don't like what you say, we'll just edit it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone that we talked to in Africa, everyone was very vocal. At, um, race is a big thing there. So yeah, with apartheid and all that stuff. So there's white, there's black, there's colored, and it's very there's high class, low class, middle class, and every one of those. And it's it's strange, but it's their way of life, and it doesn't feel as dirty as it feels here. But any one of the people that we talk to, white, black, or colored, absolutely hates our current administration <laughs> with the intensity of a thousand suns and are very vocal about it. Nice. I mean, Good because see. their dollar it's is not worth... It's grown on you. Yeah. Their, their dollar is not worth as much um, whenever... American economy is low. Yeah. So right now, we're affecting because gas prices are high and inflation is high, blah, 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 blah. There's not as many people going to Africa. Yeah. So. Yeah. There, and that's, that's one-on-one how that translates. And they absolutely do not like the current administration. And they said the best it's ever been was ever been in the past 50 years that the, that the guy's been down there. Absolutely, it was when Trump was in office. Yeah. So, like him, don't like him, I don't care. If you listen to this, God, I hope you're not a Biden supporter. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we know where Dino's, right? <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, it was. It, it is was, funny, though. I mean, you just you don't think about that. Um, but it's, the, I mean, the whole world economy is completely connected, mm-hmm. and particularly in the hunting world. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the other the other thing that was very strange is I asked everybody whether they had to, something to do with hunting or if they were at the gas station or, you know, um, asked them, I'm like, hey, I'm going to come back here sometime. What can I bring you from America? And just being nice. And everyone, even the guy at the gas station would tell you, I want a suit of camouflage from America. 
they wanted Amer- they wanted American camo. They wanted mm. American camouflage, and I said, "I'll I'll I'll send you some." Even Lala say, "My guy." Um, I said, "I'll send you some." He said, "Won't ever make it." He said, "As soon as they see that it's coming from America, at whatever port post office that it comes through, they're opening it up. It's camouflage. It's gone." Hmm. So every one of them, without a doubt, said, "Bring me back a suit of camouflage." Like the Americans wear. I'll be damned. So, and no no brand specific, just a full suit of matching camouflage. <laughs> I'll be damned. So, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Hmm? Y'all, um, y'all can take some for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think back to... And this is the real reason, but I think back to this girl I was dating, and she was still just in America. But when, when, and I had a buddy too that was um, hunting in Alaska at the time, but when 9 11 happened, um, and she was in Atlanta. She had flown to Atlanta for a school, uh, for work, and 9 11 happened. And they shut the airports down. They shut everything down. She couldn't get a rental car. She couldn't get a hotel. She couldn't get nothing. She was just stranded. There was there was literally nothing. And she was um, just completely unsure of what the heck she was going to do. And like I said, no no hotel rooms, no rental cars, no nothing. Um, but she's just in Atlanta. Uh, you know, she's from New Mexico, but just in Atlanta. That's still America. And uh, fortunately, she had the um, smarts to rent a U-Haul truck and drive it home. And that's what she did. She rented a U-Haul truck and drove it home from Atlanta. But that's, that. you know, I mean, that's where I live in that scenario. I just, I just don't want to be stuck in Africa. I don't want to be stuck anywhere where I can't get home. Yeah. There, there's a, a great philosopher named um, Hank Williams Jr., and he says a country boy will survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This, this <laughs> I was waiting for where that was going. I know, right? It's like, what philosopher does D-Don know? <laughs> right? Oh, Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Um, but I also have a family. <laughs> if I'm in Africa uh, and I can't get back to them, then... Yeah, it, it, it call it silly if you want, but that's that's my that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Not Hank Williams, but Sammy <laughs> <laughs> <Semi> Kershaw. Sammy <laughs> Kershaw. Joe Diffie. No. Ja. What what are we what are you after? That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I think that was Joe Diffie. Not Joe Diffie. Not Joe Diffie. Uh, no, I can't remember who. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe Sammy Kershaw. Not Sammy Kershaw no. either. I'm gonna look it up. He's gonna look it up. <laughs> way, way more important than having stuff. <laughs> Who sang this song? Music trivia. Well, I mean, I'm terrible at it. My mom could t- probably tell you right off the bat. He sang Billy the Kid. He no, sang Billy the no, 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 no. I'm, I'm mixing that them all. Billy, that was Billy Dean. That's okay, this is stupid because it's it. it's saying. Jimmy Buffett, and that's not, not Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. Yeah, it's because you're using Siri. And I'm not using Siri. I'm uh, using Amazon Music. Okay. <laughs> it's 
because you guys are Apple what our podcast is right into. from from <laughs> Africa from Africa to <laughs> Joe Diffie in Africa. It's not Joe Diffie. I can tell you, it's not Joe Diffie. Oh. Well, for sure. Oh, so this one time I went to Africa. That's <laughs> <laughs> some stuff. That's what we're talking about. All right, here we go, guys. Colin Ray. Yeah, that's uh, right. Colin Ray. Who the hell is Colin Ray? I don't even know. Uh, that, that guy? That's the guy that's saying that song. That song. Yeah, I guess we'll have to go with. His mom's Hank name Williams. was Mrs. Okay. Mrs. Ray. Mrs. Ray. Yeah, that's the story. He's sticking to it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. So Africa. Yeah. Um, sounds like you had fun. Absolutely, do it again, and probably going to do it to do it again very soon. Which is your favorite animal? First Man, of all, which was most delicious? I'm gonna go with zebra. Really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Um, yeah. I think you need to get that taste out of your mouth. <laughs> Try the, again. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 red lechway was was good. Um, the heart of beast was good. Uh, heart of beast would be a very close second. Yeah. So similar to orcs. Um, all of it's similar to Oryx, yeah. uh, e- even Zebra. Um, Did you eat the Oryx? Because Oryx is freaking delicious. Yeah. It, over there, it just becomes meat. So yeah, it, it, it was all absolutely all pretty delicious. Um, none of it. Um, Black wildebeest. I, I couldn't say that there was a, a least favorite thing. You know, like people over here is like, oh, I hate antelope and. You know, whatever yeah, animal are stupid. Yeah, they're stupid, are stupid, right? <laughs> like I love antelope, but it's I like it all. I, I mean, I do have a least favorite. What, what's your least favorite? Elk. Really? Yeah. No, no. I have a least favorite. What's your least favorite? Barbary. Well, Barbary yeah. Well, yeah, but you, I, you really you shouldn't what, eat Barbary. I had some Barbary in Texas. The guy ran it through a uh, through a uh, tenderizer twice, and then just pan fried it. It was absolutely maybe the most delicious meat I've ever had. The, the question I have for you is how much alcohol did you consume before no, you ate that? I, was, <laughs> I, I promise even you. The, even the Barbary hamburgers so got a tank he, to he, it. So, yeah, he cooked this. He cooked, so he, he, he he cooked did ribs. So he did soak it in, in, in milk he, um, he for cooked, like 12 hours. But He cooked ribs, Barbary ribs. And when we walked in the front door, I, I almost died. So the, <laughs> it was horrible. This barbery right here on the wall, mm-hmm. um, shot in South Texas, and there was uh, some, some guys on the ranch that, that didn't speak English. And I asked them, I said, "Hey, do you guys want this meat?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> I'm like, "You don't want to make tamales or anything?" And they're no. no, no. So the next night, I shot a raccoon, and they asked me if they could have the raccoon because they would bar they were going to barbecue it, and I was like. God, that's got to tell you something about right. how bad that meat is. <laughs> right. And so, there's people that like it. I, yeah, I, Gear Junkie Jerry loves it. I know. And, and I, I question. Tell him how we got a bunch of hamburger for him. Yeah, I, I, I question I, how much I tell you he what, drinks before he eats it. This this stuff that this guy did, and he soaked it in in milk for like 12 hours, and he ran it through the tenderizer twice. And soaked it, and that was it. But but at that point, you have to do so much to it; it just becomes not worth it. Still, I mean, meat. I, why I would could, you throw it away? I can take. You know, I'm not saying throw it away, but you know that's where that you know feed the hungry stuff comes in. Sure. Well, I, I've got I've got so, bison, so, and so, so you're willing and to feed the hungry shitty meat. Hey, if they're hungry, 
that's got a point. I, I mean, if they're hungry. You know, that's, if they're hungry. I don't know. If so, I was that hungry, I would eat it too. <laughs> but I have plenty of other meat that I don't have to eat that crap. <laughs> okay. But I don't hunt them either. Sure. So well, I, I drew one this year. Yeah. I and put in for one. Yeah, I, I, I put in for it. And I, I mean, this guy on the wall is 34 inches. I'm probably not going to grab get a free-range 34-inch beast. And uh, probably not going to come up with one that good again. But gives me another opportunity to go out and, you know, pound the mountains and see what happens. So. Yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, if I... And I promise you I'm going to process it after I had that done there. Because that, that was the whole thing. I would never hunt Barbary because... Not eat I'm not going to eat them. Yeah. So, same way with the bear. I don't, I've had bear. Maybe maybe it, I didn't have it done right. But I didn't care for bear. I don't like duck. I want to try so mountain lion. I hear mountain lion is really good. So, that mountain lion on the wall... He's, he's um, not going to be very good. Yeah. Was not little, very good at all. A little foamy. Yeah. He, he was... He was no way no. <laughs> he's stuffed, Kyle. <laughs> yes, he would be foamy. <laughs> Respect for that. <laughs> yeah. What is he talking about? <laughs> I, 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 I like antelope. I'm, I don't, currently, I'm hooked on antelope. Yeah. Well, um, I, after having that in Texas, that that uh, a buddy of mine shot one. If you I, can, if you can duplicate that, I would try it again. Well, I I will. But I'm going to let you duplicate it and make now, sure it works. I will say this: that summer sausages that we had from that barbecue that was really was good, freaking amazing. Yeah, the summer sausages. I mean, was great. You know, there's things that you can do with them, but yeah, but um, you can not be expensive, right? Uh, yeah, that's a lot. Don't you start doing I it want yourself. Barbary. All in summer sausages. It's $1,000. Right? My, my dad's neighbor had shot an elk, and he told the processor, said, I want it all jerkied. And the guy's like, you don't want, like, you know, tenderloins? Or, and he's like, no, jerky the whole thing. And he got the bill, and it was like two grand. It's <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It's like, that's what you that's told me to do with it. That's a whole lot know? of freaking jerky. Yeah. yeah. It's like sixteen bucks a pound. Yeah. So, but uh, um, they they had some jerky and stuff made out of out of the game over there, and it's just so strange how how similar it is to home. Yeah. You know, fly fly all the way around the the world, and you know they're cooking menudo outside, and I'm like, what? No, they that was not what they fed us. Just to be clear, but they were cooking it, and uh, some of the help was. And I'm like, oh, let me try that because I know what that is. And they're like, no. <laughs> so uh, they they cooked it up and it's my noodle. I yeah. mean, same spices, same same everything, half a world away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's still just hunting. Man. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't understand it. And like we talked about at the beginning, um, there's a lot of people that view it as trophy hunting and stuff like that. But. Uh, it's still hunting. It's still conservation. Yeah, hunting is conservation. So well, and you you know back to conservation about Africa. If there's so many animals over there, and they're so hard on the on the vegetation over there, if we if if we don't if people don't go over there and hunt them, they have to manage their herd somehow. Mm-hmm. And done completely different in New Mexico, done completely different in the United States. But that's how they have to manage their herd. Is they have to indiscretionally just kill 
in, in bulk. Yeah, just a lot of, a lot of people keep, don't realize that. Just to keep the population down. Yeah. You know, to a manageable level that it's not destroying the country. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and that's, I think that was a big thing going over there that, that I, I took back was, you know, my, my money and I could see how that helped. It doesn't go like your habitat stamp does in New Mexico. It doesn't go, that money is directly given to the rancher for a specific purpose. Yeah. And that rancher takes care of that, that, that that herd that's around his place. Yeah. And uh, so you, you get to see immediate effect and results of your money going to work right there on the place. Mm. And whether it's their planting fields or their drilling wells or their moving their own water sources and things like that, um, that that's where that money comes from, is directly from my checkbook to his pocket for him to improve his land. Mm. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. That sounds like, yeah. For those that are interested, for those in that it, are interested, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> for Rodney, stay you us here. <laughs> Alaska. Let's so, go to Alaska. Let's go to Idaho and shoot a wolf. Yeah. I'd shoot a wolf. I would absolutely oh, yeah. do that. I, I absolutely want to. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, that, that's Something that's fierce. that's high on my bucket list. Yep. I, I think the tags are like fifty bucks or something. They're Dude, not in Idaho. Crazy check. I know they'll pay you a thousand bucks. Yeah, I knew that, but I think you have to buy the license like fifty bucks. And it's like seven two. bucks. You get two tags. Yeah. for like fifty bucks. What are y'all doing next weekend? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, hey, be Don. You yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I <That's> do. <laughs> <laughs> Saying yes too soon has got me in lots of trouble. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I I'm, still didn't just see it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> we better cut out before we get too bad. Thanks for joining, guys. All right. Adios. Adios. Thanks for joining Nada Grande Outdoors Podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.nadagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.